Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When ye shall receive the Holy Spirit. So it means they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. You shall receive power to become witnesses unto me and so forth. So even though he said, there's something else he says now, when this time comes and you go forth and preach the gospel, he says there in verse 23, and whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, it's a word about being bound and being loosed. It's kind of like when people are married. We say they are bound. It means enslaved. No. They're bound together. Loose means you're free. So there's people that are not married and they're free. And there's people who are married. They're bound. Now, take your Bible and look there in the book of Matthew and chapter 16. Matthew and chapter 16. And look there in verse 19. Verse 19. Verse 19, it talks about giving to Peter the keys of the kingdom. In verse 19, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's things that you and I can do down here that God will honor up there. And when he's talking about this binding and loosing, it means there's individuals who are bound by sin. And he says, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. So people are bound and those who believe on Christ are loose from sin. And God in heaven will honor the decisions that you and I make down here. For example, here you are. You are bound in sin. You are born in sin. You live in sin. And you will die in sin to be eternally separated from God for all eternity. Now, that is not what God wants. So he says, go and declare the gospel, the good news of what God did about this. Because you can't save yourself. The preacher can't save you. No priest can save you. No church can save you. There's only one Savior, that Jesus Christ. So we go and declare this gospel, the good news, that I will forgive all their sins. And if a man believes it here, God will honor that there. If a man does not believe it here, God will not honor it there. In other words, it's up to the individual to either believe or not to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you and I have the blessed privilege of declaring this wonderful message to individuals that may never hear the gospel. So by our telling them this message, they can believe it here and now. You see, when I trusted Christ as my Savior in that little old living room 51 years ago, I was 18 years old, God saved me and gave me eternal life. Because the gospel was declared, I chose to believe it, my sins were forgiven. I became a child of God, and I'm going to heaven whenever I die. I'm not dead yet, but whenever I die, I know I'm going to heaven. Because it was a gift. It's free. I didn't earn it. I didn't work for it. I don't deserve it. So the Bible tells us that you have in your hands the message, the key that opens up the door for all these people. All they have to do is believe it. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. So yes, you and I have been given the gospel, which is the key on how to get into heaven. So we go and we tell people what God said. We declare it. And even though we may declare it, we are not the ones that forgives the sin. 
We're not the one who gives them eternal life. Your salvation doesn't depend upon me forgiving you of your sin. Your going to heaven depends upon whether or not will you believe that when Christ died, He died for you. And you trust Him as your Savior. Take your Bible and look in Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2. And verse 21, I love it when we study the Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 21 It says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So your salvation depends on the Lord saving you. And not call upon your pastor, not call upon the priest, not call upon the church. Call upon the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever will believe it. See that whosoever, it means anybody. Doesn't matter who you are. When Christ died, he paid for the sins of the whole world. And that's why it's so important. Now look in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And I want you to look there in verse 38. Verse 38. Verse 38 says, Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Now, before we go any further, what man? Through this man. Well, what man? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Look there in verse 29. Verse 29, when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree, laid him in a sepulcher. Wonder who he's talking about yet. Got any clues? And then in verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. So we must be talking about the one that died on the cross that was slain and was placed in the grave and came back. So he says here in verse 31, And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we, and here's that word, declare. We declare unto you glad tidings. Glad tidings means gospel. That's the gospel. We declare unto you the gospel. How that the promise which was made unto the Father, I mean in the Old Testament, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he saith on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell on sleep, laid in the the tomb, and saw corruption. But, in verse 37, He whom God raised again saw no corruption. That's why he was raised in three days. They say corruption starts on the fourth day. I don't know, don't care. I just know what the Bible says, and I believe it. And then he says in verse 38, so we know we're talking about Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Now look at the results of this man that died on the cross. You see, no man did this for you. No preacher did this for you. A preacher doesn't die for you. A preacher can't save you. No church can save you. Only Jesus Christ. So he says in verse 38, Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the what? Forgiveness of sins. So having your sins forgiven is a result of hearing something preached about that man. 
So that's why we go into all the world and preach about Jesus and who He is and what He did. That He died on the cross for all the sins of the world and that by believing you may have life through His name. Only through Him. See there in verse 39? And by Him, Jesus Christ, all that believe. You see that word all? All that do what? Believe. You mean that's all I have to do? That's all God requires. Is will you believe He did it for you? You see, there's some people who say, well, you've got to go to church. You've got to give money. You've got to live a certain way. You've got to do all these good deeds. In other words, what they're saying is, you've got to deserve the right to go to heaven. God ain't going to let you go unless you deserve it. That's contrary to everything this book teaches. It's not the Bible. The Bible is that a man is saved by grace, through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Look what else he says here. When he makes the statement in verse 39, And by him all that believe are justified from how many things? All things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. In other words, the law could not save you. The law could not justify you. The law could not forgive you of one sin. The law can only condemn you, but it cannot save you. Now, Christ can save you. But the only reason He can save you and forgive you of your sins is because somebody had to pay for those sins. Because the wages of sin is death. Somebody had to die to pay for your sins. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus died so that you and I could have all of our sins forgiven. And that's why He says, preach this message. So we declare the good news, the gospel of what Christ did. How that people can have all their sins forgiven. If all my sins are paid for, then all my sins can be forgiven. But He can't forgive me of all of my sins if He only paid for half of my sins. Does that make sense? But He paid for all of them. So they're all paid for. Look in Acts in chapter 10. The book of Acts in chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. To show you that the acceptance or the rejection on earth is honored by God in heaven. You see, you can't wait till after you die to make the decision. A lot of people think, well, I'll just decide later, 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 always later. Kind of like the Congress right now, kicking the can further down the road. How far are you going to kick this can down the road? I don't want to make a decision right now. Kick it down the road. Did you know that sooner or later you're going to run out of road? Sooner or later, that's all she wrote. Now what are you going to do? Now you've got to deal with the situation. But you know, you may not be in a situation where you can deal with the situation. You may not have all of your senses working. You can get taken out of this world just that quick. So look there in the book of Acts. Look at verse 34. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive... God is no respecter of persons. It means that uh, God does not like anybody more than you and hate anybody more than you. He loves all of us the same. He's not a respecter of persons. So what he did for one person, he did for everybody. So he makes a statement in verse 35. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. But nobody works righteousness. That's why he says he can't find anybody's righteousness. And all of our righteousness are his filthy rags. 
Christ says that he's going to take and cut down every tree that brings not forth the fruits of righteousness. Well, that means everybody born into this world is going to get cut down. That's why every man sins, every man dies. But God's the same for all of us. So when he died, he had to die for every man because every man is a sinner. Every man has come short of God's perfection. So he makes the statement, verse 36, The word which God sent into the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And you'll notice that this is the word that was preached to Israel and preaching peace by Jesus Christ. So they knew him about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. But anyway, in verse 37, that word, I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Jerusalem or Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things. Which he did both in the land of the Jews. And in Jerusalem. Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. No doubt as to who we're talking about. And any time that refers to this one that died on the cross. It always refers to in verse uh, 40. Him God raised up the third day. And showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Now get what he says in the next two verses. Very, very powerful verses. In verse 42, And he commanded us to preach unto the people, and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God, to be the judge of quick and the dead. Now look in verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness. This is in the Old Testament. They all prophesied about this, told about this. Now it's happened. As he says, even in this thy day. That through his name, get this, through his name, whosoever, anybody, whosoever does what? Believeth in him shall receive. You see, your sins were not forgiven just because Christ died on the cross. Just because you know that he died on the cross. A lot of people preach that. A lot of people heard all their life, Christ died on the cross and paid for the sins of the world. And if you ask them, where are you going to go when you die? Well, I don't know. Heaven, I hope. They don't get it. They still don't understand it. Why would a person still be hoping they're going to go to heaven? Why would anybody have to hope they're going to heaven? I know I'm going to heaven. Is there a difference there? That's the difference. I know I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I believe what he said. And he made this statement. Through his name, nobody else, whosoever believeth in him, and you ought to underline the last part of this verse, shall receive remission of sins. That's what the book said. Now, to close on this, because I think it's so important, I want you to take your Bible and look here in the book of Hebrews in chapter 9. Hebrews in chapter 9. Well, look there in chapter 9 of Hebrews in verse 11. Verse 11. It says in verse 11, But Christ, being come and high priest, is he a priest? He's a priest. Not just a priest, he's a high priest. The high priest was the only one who had the right to go between the veil, into the veil, into the, where the ark of mercy was. Where the blood was supposed to be sprinkled once a year. 
for the sins of the people. But see, he didn't have any sin. But he went into that holy place, and the Bible says he offered his own blood upon the altar for the sins of the whole world once and for all. Don't have to do it again. Because see, when they did it in the Old Testament, they always did it all the time they were making these sacrifices, all these times. But this time, one man, one sacrifice for sins forever. And look what he says. He says in verse 12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained what kind of redemption? Eternal redemption. That eternal means a payment that was made once and for all. He never has to make it again. When Christ came 2,000 years ago, He paid for all the sins of all the world once and for all and never has to be done again. That's why He's able to do what He did. Look in verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot, He had no sin, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see, your works are dead works because they come from a dead man. You're separated from God. You're dead, separated in sins and trespasses. So therefore, your sins, your dead works, could never save you, could never forgive you of any sin. You needed Christ. You need His death payment for your sins. There is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And so then he makes a statement here in verse 15. For this cause... He is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that were which are called, might receive the promise of, and you ought to underline it, eternal inheritance. It means you'll become God's child forever. You will inherit the free gift of eternal life forever. You will be God's child forever. For this cause, that by means of death, the repayment that He made on the cross. All this was what He did for us. And then He talks about the Testament. I've used this before, but let me just mention it to you very quickly. If I was to die, my wife and I, we, we have a will made out. But in this will, we say, well, my daughter gets this, my son gets this, and the grandkid might get this or whatever. And so we have a little will made out. But this is of no value until I die. And I'm not planning on dying anytime soon. So I have a will. But the will is of no value until I die. Well, Christ has a will made out. He made out a will. And so in this will, He's left all these people, all these things in it. But it's only for those who are part of His family. So if you're in the family of God, you're in His will. So you see, by you trusting Christ as your Savior... You become God's child. And as a child of God, you have a right to study the will and see what's yours. I mean, if a man was a billionaire and he left you in his will, would you want to see the will? Would you like to see what you got? You see, the Word of God is the will of God. It's His will. He made out a will. But the will's no good until He dies. Well, I got news for you. He died. Came back from the dead... To guarantee the will. To make sure you get what you're supposed to get. So he makes a statement in verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. 
For a testament is a fourth after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator live. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses was spoken, every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water, and the scarlet wool and the hyssop, and uh, sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. But get this last part. And without shedding of blood, no remission of sin. In other words, there is no forgiveness of your sins if there's no shedding of blood. So that's why Christ had to die and shed his blood. And another reason is this. It says in the book of Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. So if God's going to shed his blood, that's how he gave his life. So in order to give his life, he had to shed his blood. And that blood was purified blood. That blood was incorruptible blood. That blood was precious blood. That blood is what he offered upon the altar as a continual payment for all of the sins of all people of all time. And so that's why he can forgive us of all of our sins because, you see, it can only be forgiven because somebody had to die and give their life to pay for our sins. And isn't it a shame that there's people today that go to church all their life and never really understand this. And they think they've got to be good to go to heaven. And there's not one verse in the Bible that says you have to. Because if you did, you couldn't make it. You don't have to be good to go to heaven. You've got to be perfect. And none of us are perfect. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Look up here just a moment. You've never seen this before. You know what is so interesting? To hear some of the stories about some of these teenagers and college-age kids that have been going out soul winning. Peter called me up the other night, I think it was last night, and said they had about 50 or so that could have trusted Christ as their Savior the other night. And that's just from those, the, 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 these kids are going out and talking to me. I mean, they're getting to where they're bold. They'll walk up to anybody on the street, in the mall, and talk to them. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? And explain the gospel to them. You said they can't do that. That's what the disciples did years ago. And they shook the known world. This hand represents you and me. Uh, this wallet represents all the bad things that we do. It's all of our sins. You see, we committed the sin. We ought to pay for them. But the Bible says that God, He loves us. And the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. Since everybody sins, everybody's condemned. We're all in the same boat. And God says to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. Well, nobody's perfect. How am I going to get there? Because, see, i got all these sins. I can't get in. Well, how can I get rid of them? Jesus Christ. This hand represents Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. He came into this world because He loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from God. So what Christ did for one person, He did for everybody. You see, Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So He took all the sin of all the world, paid for it, once and for all, for everybody's sin, made an eternal payment. One payment for all. Don't owe anymore. So when I believe that he did it for me, he said he would put this payment to my account and all my sins are forgiven. You see, I, I paid for them. See, God can't hold me accountable for my sin because he, I paid for my sins. I paid for all of them, Lord, in Christ. He, he did it for me. 
So all mine are paid. He can't hold me accountable for any of my sins. That's grace. I don't deserve that. I deserve to go to hell. But I'm going to go to heaven because of what Christ did. And there's no tricks to it, no gimmicks. You don't have to join this church to go to heaven. You don't have to be water baptized to go to heaven. You don't have to give any money to go to heaven. I shouldn't have said that. But you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is believe that He did it for you. Preach the forgiveness of sins to everyone that believeth. If you'll believe it, God in heaven is going to accept your decision. If you believe it here and now, it's done there. But you have to do it while you're here. And if you don't accept it, and you die without changing your mind, you'll be eternally separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. And it doesn't have to be that way. Because eternal life is a gift. It's free. Christ paid for all of our sins and said that when we believe He did it for us, He would give us as a free gift everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We go to heaven on what Christ did for us. Now you tell me, ain't that good news? And I'm not even supposed to use the word ain't, but ain't that good? That gets gooder and gooder the more I think about it. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I am not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. I don't want anything from you. I just want you to receive something. I want you to receive the free gift of eternal life. Would you believe that Jesus Christ died for you? God loves you so much. And He wants to forgive you of everything you have ever done once and for all. And you accept that payment, then you get to go to heaven whenever you die. And that, that's why you can be sure of going. Because it's free. It's a gift. Friend, if it depends upon your good works, you'll never know. You'll never know if you're good enough. But I can tell you what the judge already said. He already says that your works are not good enough. That no man can earn eternal life. It's not of works lest any man should boast. So if you're here this morning and you say, yes, that made sense to me and I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I'm preaching, I'd like for you to pray for me. Friend, I'd just like to know if what I said made sense to you. And I just want to know if you trust the Lord. And I hope that you do. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, anyone at all say, yes, that made sense to me and I'll trust Christ right now as my Savior. And preach, I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? See, God knows who you are. It's the decision you make right now. And God will accept that decision. Wouldn't it be a shame to reject it? If you believe it, all sins are forgiven. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for this church and for the good people we have here. We ask your blessings, Father, also. Give us good fellowship. Thank you so much for all those that work so hard to make it possible. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.